0: I want to start a new series today. Thank you for letting us talk about what Jesus did for us last month. That was a lot of fun. I'm trusting that it encouraged you just to, just to dwell on, meditate on what Jesus has already accomplished in our lives. Uh, this month, I want to start a new series called Hang On and Let Go. Maybe you think that sounds like a little bit of an oxymoron. I heard that word already once this morning. Hang on and let go. We're going to talk about uh, how to deal with problems and issues and things like your flights being canceled in the middle of the night when you're trying to get home. How do we deal with that as Christians and what does it look like? Have you ever, ever been in a situation that you weren't sure how to get out of? Come on, am I preaching to the right people this morning? I got five hands, ten hands. We've been in situations, it's like, how did I get here and how do I get out of here? I got no idea. Uh, have you ever been to the science center? Go ahead and put that picture up. One time I went with Pam and the, and the grandsons. We went to the science center and they have this cool climbing wall. How many of you have ever done a climbing wall? You get harnessed in, you start going up the thing. Uh, I... I'm not sure if it was because I'm bigger, I didn't trust the harness, I don't know, but I climbed up to the top of that climbing wall, and I'm up there, and what are you supposed to do when you get to the top of the climbing wall? You just push off, and it lowers you to the ground, right? Uh Uh-uh. I was not letting go of that wall. My my hands, I had white knuckle grip happening, my knees were shaking, I was like, how do I get out of this? Because I don't want to let go. And do you know what I did? love to say I was, a, I was a great person of faith and just pushed off. No, I climbed back down that stupid wall. You know how hard it is going up to figure out where to put your hands and feet? you ever try to go down and figure out where am I going to put my foot to go down? So I climbed back down the wall because I was afraid. I was, I was hanging on, but I couldn't let go. And that's kind of, I think if only every situation in life had that clear of a choice, like, hey, all you got to do is is push off. All you got to do is let go. If only there was a clear direction to get out of every situation, you can either push off, climb down. It's going to be harder on you if you'd climb down yourself, but here's your two options. How many of you know not every situation in life is even that clear? There's there's never just a nice, here's the option A and option B, you do either one of these, you'll be out of your situation in no time. And I want to start talking about how that looks like, the difficulties that life throws at us and how we get through them. Because there's a lot of situations that are going on in our nation, in our world right now that people aren't sure how to get out of. They're not seeing a way forward. There's not a clear option A or option B. They feel like they're in a difficult circumstance and they're rattled by it. And it's one thing to be in a situation you don't know how to get out of. What if the situation is causing you stress, anxiety, you're afraid. There's things that are happening that it's like, oh my gosh, is this ever going to end? How am I going to get out of it? As a Christian, we can choose how to walk through those circumstances. Now, the circumstances not, may not change that quickly, but there is something that Jesus does inside of us that gives us the grace to walk through those things. Uh, I saw this great quote from Graham Cook. He said, there is no place For worry and panic in the Christian's life. Faith and anxiety cannot exist in the same space at the same time. One of them has to go, and you have the power to choose which. Come on, we obviously need to respond to every situation in faith. As a Christian, we have the power to choose that. I'm not going to walk by sight, I'm going to walk by faith. But how do you know? How many of you know that responding in faith doesn't mean that the situation gets easy to walk through? Come on. That's a reality of life, right? We're great people of faith. I believe in Jesus. He's the creator. He's the provider. He's the healer. We sang about him this morning. We're people of faith, but that doesn't always mean that situations are easy and we get in the middle of them and we get those emotions start roiling and we start getting nervous and anxious about things. So what we're going to talk about is going to be helpful for us to walk through situations, but there are also principles that can help others. God really does move in the middle of difficulties in our lives. He moves in situations where we don't think there's any way out because he wants to develop something in us. Come on, that's one part of the equation. But then he also wants us to turn around and help others. Everybody say, I can help others. How many you believed that when you said it? Like, let's say it one more time. Like, We really mean it. I can help others. Come on. There's something about being a person of faith and seeing Jesus move in our lives that gives us something to give away to other people. Uh, that even came up this morning, receiving new members. There's something to give away to others. Right after calling God the source of all comfort, this is what Paul tells the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians 1.4. It says, He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort that God has given us. Isn't that amazing? In all of our troubles. How many troubles? All of them. There's nothing on the list where God's comfort is excluded from the equation. There's nothing on the list where he doesn't, he's not able to show up and help us to walk through those things no matter how difficult they are. And he does it because he's developing something in us and so we can give it away to others. God's not coming to develop selfishness in our character. How many of you know that? That's, that's the antithesis of what God wants in our lives. He's developing us to be people who give away what we've been given, and especially when we go through troubles. Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. Come on, how many of you are old enough to remember that? I, I started thinking about that old song this week, and I'm like, is that really true? Because I know there's somebody who has been tempted in every way as I have been. There's somebody who walked through his friends deserting him. There's somebody that carried a cross up that hill. Nobody knows the troubles I've seen. is maybe true for humans, but there is somebody that sees and knows every single thing I've ever walked through. And he's right there with us, giving us comfort so that we can turn around and comfort others. And it's often like... We're, we're a church of faith. We believe that God's able to do things. We believe he moves. We pray all the time. God, let your kingdom come here on earth as it is in heaven. We believe Jesus came to give us abundant life. We believe for miracles. We see God do things that can't be explained any other way than God is real and he's full of power. Even with that, how many of you know, as much as we proclaim that, life still brings troubles. There are things that happen, even to us as believers, that we're like, God, why is this happening? What's going on here? Troubles will happen in life. I'm not prophesying doom and gloom over anybody. I'm just stating a fact that even as a believer, following Jesus, experiencing blessings in the abundant life, life will throw troubles at you. Jesus had this to say about it. He had just gotten done telling his disciples, can you imagine this conversation Jesus is having? Here's his closest friends. Here's these 12 guys. They've been following him for three years. He's been pouring his life into them. He's been, he's been teaching them and showing them and modeling the love of the Father for them. And he has to have a conversation where he sits down with them and says, Hey, you guys are getting ready to abandon me. You guys are all going to run off. You're going to be scattered. Think about this for a second. Would How many of us would be ready to to chuck it in at that moment? Like, man, three years of ministry and and everybody's going to run off and leave. I must be a failure. He has this conversation. He tells the disciples, there's going to be a time where you're going to be scattered. And right after that, this is what Jesus says to them. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart for I have overcome the world. We always... We always think about this verse, Jesus' warning, life's going to give you problems, and there's some aspect of that that is true. But one of the ways, think about this with me, one of the ways that we describe being Christians is we talk about being in Christ. Look at your neighbor say, in Christ. A man's a new creation, he's in Christ. There's something that Jesus did that he included us in his work. We are in him. That's what it means to be a Christian. Our home is in him. We're seated with him. He's in us. We are in Christ. And according to Jesus' statement there... Our default circumstance as Christians as being in Christ should be having peace. Hey, read that verse with me. I, I just maybe this is not revolutionary for you, but I saw it in a different light this week. In Him, we have peace. The more that we can stay centered on, I am a believer, I'm a person of faith, I am in Christ, I'm gonna have peace because that's what happens when you're in him. And watch, watch what happens the other, the other way of thinking. In this world, you will have trouble. How yeah. many of you know there's a difference between being in Christ, doing things being led by the Spirit, doing things with the wisdom of God and the way he prescribes things to be done, and there's a difference in doing things the way the world says to do them. And how we problem solve. And how we try to get things done in the world's thing. And Jesus is clearly in this statement. He's saying if you do things, if you remind yourself, if you realize you're in Christ, you're going to have peace. But if you try to do things the way the world does, you're going to have trouble. That's what I saw in that verse this week. There are default circumstances to have peace as believers. But the moment we step out of that, we try to do things in our own strength, do things the world does, we're going to have troubles. And he says, take heart, I've overcome the world. He's literally telling them, cheer up. You need to remember that we are in Christ and that peace is our portion, no matter what circumstance we're going through. And we could go around this room this morning, we could make a list of hundreds of problems. Come on. We, we might not even have a hundred people in the room, but we could come up with hundreds of problems. Come on. There, there is an endless list that goes on and on. And those problems result in people's lives and hopelessness. And resentment and frustration and anger. Think about the things that problems cause. We, we get lonely. We have uncontrollable grief. We get confused. We begin to hate ourselves. There's all kinds of bad outcomes from all these lists of problems. I want to tell you this morning, no matter what list we could come up with, the problems of life and what they cause in our lives, I think this may be oversimplification, but that's who I am, and it's okay. I think most of those problems can be grouped into two general categories. Anybody believe me? Or you're at least willing to see, where are you going with this? There's two categories of problems that we face in everyday life that I I think we encounter that we have to do something about. One is problems that we have some control over. There's some aspect of it that we can control and do something about. Maybe we can go get counseling, or we can go to the doctor. We can get them to prescribe some medicine. We can get people to start praying with us. I can decide I'm going to change my diet and lose some weight. Amen. I think the common factor of what we have control over in those situations is me. Not You don't have control over me, but you could point at yourself and say me. I could, I could decide, oh, it's time for a new job, or it's time to change something in my life. We have control over some part of them, but then there are problems that happen to us that we have absolutely no control over at all. And sometimes those are the harder ones to deal with. Man, they hit us out of the blue. Wouldn't it be great if we could schedule our problems? there might be an app for that. I don't know. I've never looked like, oh, I've already got three problems on Tuesday. Can I put that one off till Friday? But it never works that way, does it? They just hit us out of the blue. Sometimes we have absolutely no control over it. We go see the doctor and the doctor says there is no cure. Come on. We make decisions that there's no reversing the decision and the consequences that go with it. Man, Jesus might have forgave you, but the state isn't so forgiving. Maybe you, you're in a relationship where, man, I'd, I'd love to see forgiveness and reconciliation happen, but that other person there are unwilling to mend it. They just won't bend. There are situations that we have no control over what happens to those. You know, I mentioned we've, we've experienced a couple deaths in and around our family recently. Those are situations that just hit you out of the blue. And they continue. They, they produce things like, oh, if, if you're not careful, you can go down that rabbit hole. Of just grief and despair and what's going on. There will be problems in life, but as Christians, we can respond differently than the world. I'm gonna gonna give away the punchline for the whole series right now. So if you're if you're planning on, hey, I'm I'm gonna go on vacation for three weeks, this is the main point. If you get anything else in the series, this is what you're going to get. When we're talking about hang on and let go. When, When you're at the top of the wall, the climbing wall, and you can't figure out how to get back down, hang on and let go. What I mean by that, when problems of life are causing us to fall apart, we need to hang on tightly to God and let go of the outcomes. Hang on, let go. I'm going to hang on to God for all I'm worth. I'm going to let go of the outcomes. And, and we'll unpack this over the next couple weeks, what it means. I, I can't control the outcomes of any situation, but I can position myself to walk through things. I can't control what's going to happen, but I control how I go through it. I was, I was thinking about, remember the lady that had been bleeding for 12 years in the gospel, and she said, oh, there's a big crowd, and if I could just get through the crowd and touch his garment... She had no control over the outcome, but she had control over, I'm going to go hang on to Jesus. There's something that I can do. I don't know what it's going to look like afterwards, but I know I can get to him, and I'm going to hang on for all I'm worth. That's what I mean by hang on and let go. I can't, I'm picturing this woman in, in the Gospels, she's saying, I can't stop this bleeding. I have no control over the outcome, but I can go hang on to the source of life and see what will happen. So I want to give you one thought today about hanging on tightly to God. And we'll, we'll hit some other ways to hang on tightly to God and how to let go of, of the control of those outcomes. Man, isn't that our problem half the time? We, we don't want to just control the process. We want to control the outcomes. And I'm telling you right up front, that'll frustrate the fire out of you, trying to control what happens in every situation. Pretty soon what's going to happen, I'll, I'll, Hmm. Maybe I'm speaking from experience, I'm not sure, but you will end up very lonely if you try to control what's happening in every situation and the outcomes of it. People will stop wanting to be around you and things won't go well and you will go to a very dark place. And that's that's not prophetic, that's just experience in life and seeing what happens when people try to do that here's a thought about hanging on to God. This might be something we've never thought of, but this is a way to hang on tightly to God. Here's the, the first thing I want to share is we need friends. That doesn't necessarily, oh, wait, pastor, I thought you were going to give us some secret to being in communion with God and how to hang on to him. I am. We need friends. God is on your side and never leaves you. But he put us in family because we need other human beings to surround us and care for us and walk through situations with us. And there is something about when we walk through situations together, we experience the very comfort and compassion of God Almighty. I saw this quote John Churton Collins said, In prosperity, our friends know us. In adversity, we know our friends. There is something about true friends that show up in the middle of our pain in the middle of our crisis. They don't abandon us. They come to walk beside us and they help us. Uh, We're reminded of that Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves you at all times and a brother helps in time of trouble. Come on, even Jesus, who knew they were going to be scattered, who knew they were going to leave him, he's getting ready to go to the Garden of Gethsemane, his hardest time of of trial. He's there in the garden. He's praying so hard he's bursting blood vessels and blood, great drops of blood like sweat coming out of his pores. And he took... His closest friends to the garden with him. He said, hey guys, come with me. There's something about this. I, I, even I, Jesus himself, the son of God walking on earth in the flesh said, I don't want to go there alone right now. I want you guys to come and stand with me. If the son of God needed that in his life, why would we think we can shoulder everything alone? When we're up against temptations, troubles, trials, whatever you want to put a name on it, there's something about humbling ourselves and reaching out to others and realizing that we're in this together. I, I will say up front, just make sure that they're coming from a place where they are believers in Jesus and people of faith because otherwise you'll get some really bad advice. Um, And and we're talking about giving good advice that's going to produce life in us. Uh, We want peace. We want people to giving us advice that comes from the throne of Jesus, not from the way the world does things. Remember that verse? If it comes from Jesus, you're going to have peace. If it comes from the world, you're going to have troubles. So surround yourself with the people that are going to help you walk with Jesus. Uh, Think about the paralyzed guy in Mark chapter 2. You remember this story? He's laying on the mat. He couldn't get to Jesus. Jesus is in this house teaching And it says the crowd was so great that people couldn't even get in to see him. I mean, think about it. You're an able-bodied person, and you would have to fight your way through the crowd to get into the place where Jesus is teaching. And even then, you're in the middle of the crowd, and you're like, is he in there somewhere? I can't even see him. Think about that. Able-bodied people not even being able to get to Jesus, let alone a beggar that's been laying on a mat that's been paralyzed for years. Come on, this, per- this person probably had no means. He probably existed on begging for money from people. That's what paralyzed people did back in that day. There wasn't an Americans with Disabilities Act where they could say, we're going to take care of you, the most disaffected in our culture. They didn't do that back then. They said, if, if you can't get around, that's your lot in life. You lay there on that mat and hope that somebody has compassion to give you some money. And here's this guy who hears about Jesus and even the able-bodied people can't get in there, and he's thinking, that's it, I'll, I'll never get in there. But he had something that was priceless, something way more valuable than anything people put in his mat. He had friends. You guys remember how this story went, don't you? Friends, friends that were willing to carry him up on the roof. I don't know, I'm trying to picture people in this room that would be willing to carry me anywhere. That's not happening. I'm not even going to tell you what I was on the scale this morning. But he had friends that said, we're not only going to pick you up and take you to where Jesus is, we're going to carry you, figure out somehow to get you up on the roof of this house. And then we still can't see Jesus because we're on the roof and he's inside teaching. And they t- started tearing through the top of the roof so that they could get their friend down to Jesus. True friends connect you to Jesus even when you can't see him. How many of you have ever been in a situation of life as I just don't have the energy, the ability, or even the want to to seek Jesus right now? Come on, we've been in those spots. We've told stories before. Uh, One time Heather was going through something and and Pam's trying to encourage her. And she says, well, let me pray for you right now. And Heather's like, mom, no praying. (laughs) It's like, but that's what we're supposed to do. But there's something about we go through seasons where I don't want to hear any of it. I, I don't have the energy to seek Jesus. I can't see him moving right now. All I see is this problem. And true friends help us connect to Jesus even when we can't see him ourselves. And there, there may be times where we need to just be quiet and silently pray for our friend. But there may be times where we, we help them, remind them of who they are, and that there is a God who loves you and wants to walk with you through all these things. Good friends help you hang on when your hands are weak. And if, if you can do that for somebody else, they'll be willing to do it for you when you're in that place of need. That's, that's why I said up front, I don't know if this series is going to help you process where you are in life or help you help others right now. But I know both of those things are valuable. So the last story I want to share with you this morning before we go, how many of you were alive in September of 1923? Man, if my grandma were here, who she's at home watching with my mom this morning, Grammy was one when this happened. We're about to turn one. She's, we just celebrated my grandma's 99th birthday last, last week. Um, September 14th, 1923, there was a boxing match in New York City that was attended by 80,000 people. And there was a guy named Jack Dempsey. How many have ever heard that name? All right, so at least some history happening here. He was a boxer. He was the heavyweight champion of the world, and he fought this guy named Luis Furpo. Everybody say Furpo. Just because it's a fun word to say, isn't it? Furpo. Just kind of like. Luis Furpo was a top contender, and he gets this fight against Jack Dempsey, and it's all, they're excited. He's pumped up. Towards the end of round one, I was about to ask Garrett to come up and let me demonstrate this, but maybe. I got a little overzealous right there. Furpo hits Dempsey so hard. Yeah, everybody down there, they're like, yes, do it, Pastor Chris. No. Um. This is on video, and that would be committed to video forever, so I'm not gonna hit Garrett this morning. <laughs> I actually got an awe in the crowd. Aww. Later, later. later. We'll reenact this later. Uh, he hit Dempsey so hard, he knocked him through the ropes out of the ring. Like there is that picture up there? You can see his foot over there. He fell through the ropes and landed on the scorer's table where the press were sitting around. Hit him so hard, knocked him out of the ring. How many of you know they thought the champ is in trouble? This, this is bad. When you get punched so hard, you get knocked out of the ring. You might not even be a boxing fan, but I can tell you that's a bad thing. When, when you get hit so hard, you're not even in the ring anymore. It looked bad for him. But you know what? Dempsey had friends around the ring. He had trainers and he had people in the press that he was close with and they ran over and they helped him get back up on his feet and they literally pushed him back up into the ring. He got back in the ring, got his senses, got himself together. He won in the second round by knockout. He knocked out the guy that had just punched him hard enough to knock him out of the whole ring. He got back in there and it was part of it was because Like, he barely beat the 10 count to get back into the ring, but it was because his friends picked him up and pushed him in. Your friends, none of those press people, none of his friends around the ring, none of his trainers actually got in the ring and helped him hit the guy. But what they did is they brushed him off and they put him back in. Your friends can't fight your battles for you, but they can help you get back in the fight. And that's part of what we need in our lives is when it looks like we're down and out, we need somebody to come alongside of us and say, hey, let me help you get back up in there. Man, I may not be able to go in and go do counseling for that relationship or talk to your boss for you or, or whatever the situation is that's so bad in life right now. I may not be able to do that for you, but I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to let you know I'm standing with you, I'm cheering for you, I've got your back, I'm praying with you. Whatever it is, that encouragement, we need that from one another to fight the battles that are going on in our lives." Proverbs 27:91 with this verse says, "Sweet friendships refresh the soul and awaken our hearts with joy. For good friends are like the anointing oil that yields the fragrant incense of God's presence." How many of you think there are times when we could use some refreshing in our soul? some of our hearts that could be awakened with joy. The Bible says part of that comes from having friendships and relationships that help us hang on to God so that we can let go of the outcomes and all those other things. This is our action item this week. It's a pretty simple one. Uh, it doesn't, It's not very deep. It's not very religious-y, but our action item this week is be a friend. And I don't know, that may, that may mean for you to reach out to somebody that you know is in trouble right now, that you're like, hey, I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to come alongside of you and be a friend. But we've heard two, three times this morning about relationships being a two-way street. How many of you heard that this morning as a a thread that came up a couple times? Sometimes being a friend means, man, I'm going to be vulnerable and go talk to this person and say, I need some help. I need somebody to stand with me right now. So whichever end of that spectrum you're on, I want you to take some time this week just to remind yourself to be a friend. Who who out there needs some help or who can you reach out to that needs to give you some help and some encouragement? Let's go ahead and stand together. We're going to pray and we're going to be dismissed in just a second. Whether, Whether you're going through people around you passing away or your airline flights being canceled or your job being done away with, whatever it may be that's happening in your life, I believe God wants to show up there in a real and tangible way. And sometimes the way he does it is flesh and blood people come alongside of us and put our hand on our shoulders. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We come before you right now just believing that you are with us and that you placed us in family, in relationship with others for a reason. Lord, you, you're, the church was your idea and it's because there's something we need in this relationship in the body of Christ. There's something that nourishes us and an opportunity for us to pour out to others. Lord, I ask that you would make that verse a reality, that we would experience your comfort, Lord Jesus, and then we would turn around and give it away to others. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that in this space, in this room right now, all the situations we're walking through, that you never waste anything. Lord, you don't cause destruction. You don't cause the the bad things that happen in this world, but you will walk with us through every one of those circumstances and use them to produce something in us. Hmm. Lord, we ask for for both sides of that equation right now, that you would help us be a friend to others when they're walking through times of need. And Lord Jesus, that you would also help us to be ones that receive the input of friends in our lives, to encourage us as we walk with you. Hmm. If you're in this room this morning or Or you're watching online and you've never started a relationship with Jesus. One of the things that it talks about Jesus in scripture is it likens him to a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And if that's a relationship, you need to start and figure out what it means to be, to have a friend that will never leave you. I just encourage you to do that this morning. Come up front after we dismiss, pray with one of us, or if you're watching online, send us a note. But I know God will start That friendship with us that produces goodness in our lives. I'm just going to pray and dismiss you. We're going to worship a little bit more, but as we worship, if if you need to be dismissed, if you've got plans you need to get to, you're free to do that. But if you want to hang out, worship a little bit, get some prayer for somebody, or just uh, stay and build some of those friendships and relationships, you're welcome to do that. Lord Jesus, thank you for your presence in this place today. Just bless us indeed, Lord Jesus, as we go from here right now. Thank you that we don't go alone, that you are with us by your spirit and you are with us because we are part of your body. Lord, encourage us, speak to us, fill us with hope, fill us with life, and let us be carriers of that to the world around us, that your name, Lord Jesus, would be made famous in all the earth through our lives. And it's in your name we pray. Amen and amen. Even as we start to, to sing into worship here, can we just give Jesus one more hand in this place? He's worthy. God bless you guys. Have a great afternoon. Nations by the mountains.